Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So we have the Three Amigos Summit kicking off um, later today. Uh, it really kicks off tomorrow, but uh, everybody arrives there today, and there are some meetings scheduled for later this afternoon. Essentially what it is um, is a gathering of the leaders of Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Um, we used to do them regularly, took a bit of a break, uh, came back. The last one was held in November of 2021. And, of course, there's always issues, and and the argument is... Um, how much of a North American approach are we going to take to these issues and the different countries um, and their concerns? Because it's all focused on how the United States is going to handle these things. Primarily, um, the last summit focused a lot on the America first stance that was being um, widely touted by Joe Biden when it came to, you know, the massive infrastructure bill, electric vehicles, all the rest of that stuff. Uh, I imagine that's still going to be part of the conversation. But um there's there's a bunch of other things that are on the radar. So let's get a bit of a preview. We're going to chat with Eric Miller, who is a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute and president of the Rideau Potomac Strategy Group. Eric, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Yes, thanks for having me on. So, um, yeah, what do we expect to be on the agenda this time? As I say, last time, the America First mandate from Biden was sort of the big talking point, And that's still an issue, I would think. But um, where does it fit into what you see as the agenda being? Well, a big talking point on the trade front is going to be so-called friend-shoring. There's been this uh, great rhetorical uh, flourish on the part of particularly the leaders of the U.S. and Canada around trying to produce more within North America and shift supply chains away from a focus in Asia. That's, of course, easier said than done, Mm -hmm. but that's something we're going to see a lot of. And, of course, we noted President Biden stopped at the U.S.-Mexico border on the way, and so migration will be a heavy uh, feature on the agenda as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of us look at that as a uniquely American problem, but it's not, right? I mean, Canada has a role to play there, and obviously Mexico does, so it makes sense for the three amigos to be talking about that. Absolutely. And what you see is that a lot of the people coming across the U.S.-Mexico border are actually from Central America and even from other parts of the world. And there are many of those folks that are also trying to make their way to Canada. And what we've seen repeatedly is that when Canadians feel that the immigration system is not working in an orderly fashion, uh, like when we saw those irregular crossings at Roxon Road in Quebec, you saw support for the immigration system decline. And so it's fundamentally important for the Trudeau government uh, to ensure that the the processes uh, between Canada and the rest of the world, including up coming up from Latin America, are seen as orderly by Canadians. And you don't have the sort of uncontrolled crossing environment that you've seen in parts of the U.S. So when you say, and, and, and you're right, I mean, the United States administration has been pretty clear that sort of the focus of this summit for them, or at least, you know, that's the primary focus. There are other things that will be discussed, but that's sort of the big issue for them. Where does Canada fit into where the uh, where that conversation might go? What's the ask? What's the expectation? Are we just sort of, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the tail of that, you know, that migration route? Or, or how big of a role are we expected to play in that? <laughs> 
on the migration front, there will be a number of different factors, including information sharing, cooperation on law enforcement. There needs to be some deeper thinking, and some of this is happening around how do you stop the push factors out of Central America? There's also the issue which may or may not be discussed, but which is a fundamental long-term migration issue, which is the basically failed state of Haiti and the desire of many uh, people on that island to, to seek safety elsewhere. And so Canada has a lot of different dimensions and pieces to bring to the table because there are many more parts of the world that people want to leave than people want to come to, and Canada is one of those places where people want to come. That's going to be something Canada will want to discuss, but there are a variety of other things they will also be seeking cooperation on. Yeah, let's talk about those. What else do you see as sort of Canada's priorities, aside from what the U.S. and Mexico may want? What's Canada going to be focused on? So Canada is going to be focused on looking at uh, how do we build North American cooperation on the electric vehicle front. We've seen the administration of Mexican President Lopez Obrador essentially renationalize large parts of their energy and electricity sector. And so this has been a real advantage for Canada in pushing forward its competitiveness. You've seen a huge array of investments in the auto industry, uh, particularly in Ontario, that are driven from the electric vehicle and electrification sector. Because if you're going to have electric vehicles, you need to do testing in an environment where there's flexibility with the utilities, and the Mexican government has retaken over their utilities. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder so that's certainly one thing canada is also concerned very much about what they see as the long-term protectionist tendency in the United States and uh, are concerned that, well, this electric vehicle tax credit piece has been dealt with. There's a fundamental uh, investment that the U.S. has made uh, at a scale which puts real competitive challenges on Canada. So this, to the extent that, for example, on things like semiconductors, you can get some of that production in Canada and some of that production in the U.S., that's something that they're going to be working on. So the sense is the U.S. is spending big money and Canada needs to not only try to match that money to a reasonable extent, but also to have these sort of production sharing structures so that some production goes to Canada. In, in Along those lines, a different sector, but when it comes to keeping up sort of 
you know, being a, a player. I, I'm, I'm wondering about the announcement today on finally procuring the F-35 fighter jets. We've talked so much about defense. We know the United States has pressured Canada to take a, a, a better position on their defense, or at least a stronger position. Do you think the timing is a coincidence, or is Canada sort of responding to some of the pressures the U.S. has put on around defense by announcing this on the morning of the summit? There is a linkage between the announcement and uh, the summit, but we've seen for a long time a whole process that's been gone through. Unfortunately, uh, during both the Harper government and the Trudeau government, this decision was highly politicized. And there was at one point when they said, no, we will not buy the F-35. And there are some who raised legitimate operational concerns about, say, operating in the Arctic. But at the end of the day, this is the new generation fighter that will allow Canadian troops to interoperate with their allies. And so the defense community in Canada has simply been telling the government for the last two years, just make a decision, please buy something. And so the fact that they've done that and you'll see significant benefits going to the U.S., in the production of those, and of course, benefits to Canada through the offtake agreements. There is an important example there of how uh, North American cooperation can benefit both sides. So no question there's a linkage. Uh, in terms of cooperation, what is the relationship like? We know it's been strained at times. Um, Biden has yet to visit Canada, believe it or not. I mean, um, there's questions around supply chains, trusted trading partners, all that sort of stuff. In terms of having this summit, getting together face-to-face, we know there'll be sidebars, all the rest. What is the state of the relationship and how important is this summit to securing that it it depends on what the issue is canada and the u.s are so close that the the relationship on many levels just simply functions you have uh every year you have hundreds of senior officials ministers and so on who visit the u.s who have good relationships with members of the administration with governors and so on the whole, the relationship is reasonably strong. The challenge is is that Canadians do not necessarily have long-term faith in the U.S.'s ability to do what it says it's going to do and to do things in a manner that are not going to hurt Canada. The chaos we saw in the House of Representatives uh, last week mm-hmm. is something that sent shivers uh, through those who support uh, greater aid to Ukraine or continued aid to Ukraine which is something that's a big Canadian priority. And certainly on the trade front, we've seen no evidence of a, of a shift. Uh, the sad thing is that when you take something like energy, where there could be uh, a much greater emphasis on Canada-U.S. cooperation. So when I was in Calgary in our December, I met with the company that supplies a third of California's natural gas. We never hear about that, and that is something that leaders need to be embracing. And the North American energy advantage is something that I fear will be a missed opportunity on the table here, but absolutely should be something that is on the table because it's a a great area not only for us to be stronger in terms of our competitiveness within North America, but exporting our energy resources to places like Asia where we can take them off of coal-fired power plants and put them on to clean Canadian natural gas. Um, these kinds of summits don't anticipate major announcements. That's not typically what this is about, right? I mean, what do you? how do you expect this to end? This is about sustaining the friendship. Right, yeah. The one long-term structural issue that we have is we've never quite figured out what 
what is it that we can be doing as three that we're not already doing as two? It's important that they get together. It's important when the Canadian prime minister, no matter uh, who he is, meets the U.S. president, no matter who he is. That's something which is important. It's also important when uh, one meets the president of Mexico. But fundamentally, what North America needs, and as we go into this six-year review of the uh, the new NAFTA or the Kuzma Agreement in 2026, we need a sense of what's the long-term vision. What can we be doing as North America together that we're not doing separately, either as individual countries or as a series of bilateral relationships? That's the challenge, and that's the thing I don't think is going to be resolved. Okay. Excellent. Eric, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate you being here.